you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. That's it. The Spirit of the Lord has walked into this house today. Take a little time and just give Him praise from the depth of your heart. He's in this room. His power is present. Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Wow. What a great presence of the Lord is in this room today. One more time, lift your hands toward heaven and thank Him. For He has reached down in this room this morning. And he has already shown up. He has already met with us. His presence is already here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading a lengthy text this morning from the book of John chapter 20. Now don't allow the length of my text to worry you about the length of my message. I'll try to be cognitive of your time today. We have three services today and... Some of you will be in all three and some in two. Many of you have family plans and dinners. and I'm just glad that you're here in the house of the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord? And I'm glad that my wife was able to be here and not only be here, but be able to walk on this platform and lead us. She's doing so much better. That big full smile is back. I'm so thankful. Amen. John chapter 20. Verse number 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and they came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet went in not. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went in to the sepulcher, and seeth the linen cloths lie, and the napkin was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. I want you to say that with me. He saw and believed. Verse 19, in the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. 
Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then he looked at Thomas, and and then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Verse 29 bears the crux of my thought this morning. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. By the help of the Lord, the next 25 minutes or so, if you'll help me and the Lord helps me, oh Jesus, I'm going to preach into your hearing, believing in the unseen. Believing in the unseen. Father, Your spirit is already in this house this morning, and I feel your anointing upon me now. And I pray, God, that your word comes forth anointed to the heart of every individual. Let our minds comprehend and our ears hear and our heart receive what you are speaking to the church this morning. Let every life be touched and changed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. The Bible continually tells us that we must believe. It is a prerequisite of the Christian faith. We must believe. The first thing that must happen in every Christian life is we must believe. Now, believing in what we can see isn't really all that difficult. We can see it, therefore, we can believe it. But believing in what we cannot see requires great faith. Believing in what I can see is no stroke at all, but to believe in what I cannot see stretches my faith. When Thomas first heard about the resurrection of Jesus, he didn't believe. Some of us can understand Thomas's dilemma. At that time, perhaps we're all human and from time to time struggle with faith. It can be hard to believe in a resurrection from the grave, particularly if you have not seen. As a matter of fact, Thomas said there were contingencies in order for him to believe. He said, I must do more than just see him. Thomas said that his belief would be based on seeing and feeling the nail prints in his hand. And that his belief would be based on actually touching the wounds in the side of our Savior. Then and only then would he consider believing. Later, Jesus appeared unto Thomas and gave him his wishes. But then Jesus rebuked Thomas and said, The only way that you would believe is.
is to see my hands and touch my side. But blessed is he who believes without seeing. It's one thing to believe in what you can see, but altogether different to believe in the unseen. Most everything about God requires faith to believe in the unseen. Perhaps that's why the Bible says, and without faith it is impossible to please the Lord. Thomas wasn't the only one to struggle with believing in the resurrection. Throughout the ages, people have struggled to believe that Jesus actually resurrected from the dead. Yet the resurrection of Jesus is the greatest life-changing reality in the history of the world. There are many theories surrounding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some say that the resurrection is absolutely impossible. It defies science. Some people say when you die, it is over. There is nothing after death but a grave. Oh, how pitiful to live without faith. Others say someone must have stolen the body of Jesus out of the tomb. And so therefore that would explain the empty tomb witnesses. Then there are those who have suggested that Jesus never really died. The Muslim faith believes that he was just unconscious for a space of about three days. And then after the 72 hours, he woke up. And walked out of a tomb. Why is this resurrection story so important to us this morning? There is not another doctrine of our faith that is so vital to Christianity than that of the resurrection. Why is Easter celebrated? as one of the most holy days, one of the most important times in Christianity. It's because the resurrection is what sets the story of the Bible apart from all other religious books. There's not another doctrine quite as important. Our faith stands or fails based on the truth of the resurrection. If Jesus never resurrected, then we're all here this morning for no reason whatsoever other than to take a few pictures and be with family and the kids celebrate in their classrooms. Christianity would mean nothing. If Jesus never resurrected, we're all just wasting our time. Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth when some were doubting the resurrection. Paul wanted to assure them that Jesus was indeed alive and told them that believing that Jesus rose from the dead was vital to their faith and their salvation. This is why I'm taking the time this morning because maybe, just maybe, there's somebody in this room today that is struggling in your faith to believe. In Acts chapter 2, verses 24 through 33, the apostle Peter, one who personally witnessed the resurrection of Jesus, declared, God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he could be held by death. This Jesus hath God raised up, Whereof we are all witnesses, he declares. Nearly 50 places in the New Testament scriptures. The resurrection of Jesus is made clear. It declares Jesus resurrected from the dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul states that after Jesus resurrected, he appeared unto Peter and James and the other disciples. 
Paul also declares that Jesus appeared at one time to over 500 individuals, most of whom he claims were still living at the time of his writing. If Christ be not risen, the apostle Paul told the the Corinthian church, we are lost in our sins and there is no hope for those Christians who die in the faith. But I want you to know today that we have a hope beyond this world. The only validity to our belief that one day the trumpet of the Lord is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to raise incorruptible and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with the Lord. The only way that that is possible is if we believe that Jesus resurrected from the grave because the same God that raised him from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies and we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump when the trumpet shall sound and we shall forever be with the Lord. Oh, if you believe it this morning, you ought to clap your hands to him and give him praise. For we have a hope. That's why the writer said, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God who has given us the victory. We have hope. Death is not the final word. So Jesus' resurrection sealed victory over death. This is what gives you and I hope beyond this world. If Jesus was not bodily resurrected, then he was truly not God. For he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again. They thought he was talking about some physical temple. He wasn't talking about a physical temple. He was talking about the temple of the Holy Ghost. If his resurrection was simply symbolic, it is a powerless message. As a matter of fact, a symbolic resurrection is not compatible to my born-again experience. (laughs) Oh, they said it right in the song this morning when it starts and said, they say that it's impossible. They say that I'm going to live the rest of my life the way I have been. They say that an addiction will never be broken. They say I will be tormented and bound with the pains of what has happened in my mind, in my past. They say it will always be the same. But I stand here this morning to tell you he can deliver depression. He can deliver you from whatever holds you captive this morning. He can break the yoke of bondage. He can break the yoke of sin. He resurrected and he lives so you and I can live also. The resurrection is the evidence that Jesus gave as the sign that he was the Messiah. The resurrection is the proof that Jesus conquered death. It is also what gives Jesus the authority to claim in his word, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he also live. The resurrection separates Christianity from all other religions. That is why the critics desperately want to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If science, the world, or other religions, or the devil himself could persuade anyone to doubt or defy the resurrection, then he has got them in this world with no hope. The Apostle Paul declares that if Christ is not risen, 
then our preaching is in vain. The 11 disciples saw Jesus die and they had nothing to gain by proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. Understand this. Those who saw Jesus die and witnessed his resurrection that left having seen him ascended upon high walk away. What now do they have to gain? The opposite is true. They had nothing to gain at all, but instead they had everything to lose, even their lives. Did you know that John was the only one that died of old age? However, he was beaten, imprisoned, banished to the Isle of Patmos where criminals were sent to die. They died from starvation and from the hands of other criminals that were sent to the lonely isle of Patmos. Each of the other disciples were equally beaten repeatedly and eventually killed. Look at the way that some of them die and see if this sounds like men who witnessed a resurrection that was not true at all. What would they have to cling to? Would they not declare the resurrection was a lie to save their own life? But instead, when they witnessed the resurrection, it caused them to be willing to go to the grave because of their faith. Matthew was slain in Ethiopia. Mark was dragged through the streets until he eventually died. Peter and Simon were crucified. Andrew was crucified. James was beheaded. Philip was crucified. Bartholomew was filleted alive. Thomas was pierced with lances. James the less was thrown from the temple and stoned to death. Jude was shot to death with arrows. Paul was boiled in hot oil and eventually beheaded. Does that sound like men that were standing on a lie? Or does it sound like men that were fully persuaded that he, the one that resurrected, is able to keep me until the very end? And that same Jesus that raised him from the dead will also quicken this mortal body All these men had to do was deny the resurrection of Jesus. But they refused to deny him. They declared Jesus is alive. Even when they were threatened with death, they declared Jesus is alive. Is alive. What did they have to gain? They lost everything. They were abandoned by family and friends. Ladies and gentlemen, not a single critic ever questioned whether the tomb was empty. There was proof, many infallible proofs that the tomb was empty. The angel of the Lord said it right when he looked at Mary and said, Whom seek ye? He is not here, for he is risen. It's Easter. And I would be amiss if I didn't come to this podium today and tell you what I believe about the resurrection. I believe Jesus died and was buried, but on the third day, he got up victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and carrying with him the keys. Hell could not stop him. Death could not hold him. The grave could not block him. The Roman soldiers could not prevent him. There is an empty tomb today to prove our Savior lives. And Jesus said, I live so that ye may live also. So the resurrection is what sets Christianity apart from all other faiths. The fact that Jesus raised from the dead places him far above all other religious leaders. If someone ever tells you many paths will lead you to heaven, we've got to stop for a moment. 
we've got to reconsider that. Because the Bible said that Jesus is the door. And no man can get to the Father except they come by Him. And the only way you're going to get by Him is to believe in the resurrection. Mohammed, he died and is in the grave. Buddha also died and he also remains in the grave. Every pope has died and has been buried and none of them have resurrected. Joseph Smith died. Gandhi is dead. Hira Krishna is still in the grave. But Jesus died and on the third day he resurrected from the dead. No other religion even attempts to to claim that their Savior resurrected and their Savior lives. But I stand here today to declare he lives, he lives, he lives. But this still doesn't make it easy for everyone to believe in the resurrection. Because the resurrection defies logic and reason. The resurrection requires faith. Here is my entire point today. If you can believe in the resurrection which you have never seen, then you have the faith to believe that God can do anything in your life. If you can believe in the resurrection, you have the faith to believe he can do anything. If you wonder why this church is experiencing miracles, it's not because God is just wanting to perform some sort of magic tricks for us to ooh and awe. It's because God is trying to provide some tangible things that people can see with their natural eye in order to cause them to believe in what they cannot see. The reason that God performs miracles of healings and signs and wonders is to try to cause people to come to the point that they can see something and believe now they can believe in what they cannot see. If I could persuade somebody this morning to begin to believe that God wants to save you, that God wants to heal you, that God wants to deliver you, and although you don't see anything but you really believe it like the disciples believed in the resurrection anything could happen in this room this morning are there any believers in the house today that would put your hands together and lift your voice and shout to the Lord hallelujah in order to believe in the unseen we must have our spiritual eyes opened. I asked God last night to increase someone's faith that walks into this room today. I asked God if he would open someone's spiritual eyes and cause someone who walked in this building without faith, not believing, and thinking there may be nothing to everything that's going on here today, I prayed and asked God, I don't know who it may be in this room this morning, but I asked God, if there's somebody that walks in struggling in their faith, I pray that on this Easter Sunday morning that you would give them a revelation of your resurrection so they could begin to believe that you want to fill them with the Holy Ghost, that you want to save them to the uttermost, that you want to deliver them from any addiction that may hold them oh child of God if you can get your eyes to focus on a realm of faith today and begin to see through the eyes of the spirit if you can believe in the unseen resurrection anything is possible and anything can happen in your life you you don't even have to walk to the front of this room God can heal you right where you are you don't even have to walk to the front of this of this of this platform this morning God can fill you with the Holy Ghost right where you sit if you could 
to begin to look beyond your present circumstance and allow faith to arrive in your, in your heart. You can receive a miracle right where you are. Anybody in this house believe in the unseen? Can you see your situation resolved? Is there someone that believes so much that before you ever got here today, you were already thinking, boy, it would sure be nice if I could go to church this morning and I could walk out with some things changed in my life. I wonder if anybody walked in here this morning just thinking, I go to church every now and then, and I'm showing up on this Easter. Boy, it sure be good if God would do this or do that for me, if God would touch me, if God would change my situation. Is there someone in this house this morning that believes so much that you would begin to allow your faith that is in your belly right now begin to allow your faith out? You don't have to scream, shout, run the aisle, jump, yell. You don't have to do anything but right where you sit this morning. You can just start talking to the Lord and just start saying, God, I believe. I believe in your resurrection. I believe that you want to renew me. I believe you want to restore me. I believe you want to bring some dead things in my life back alive again. You want to resurrect some things in my spirit. Come on, anybody in this house, can you begin to see your health better in your future than it has been in your past? Does anybody in this house see your finances better in your future than it has been in your past? Is there anybody that could see your family situation being resolved? Oh, no, I don't see it physically. But through eyes of faith, I believe in the resurrection. And I believe God is able. Is there anybody that believes that an addiction can be broken in your life? Can anybody in this room believe that God can put your life back together? I believe God is calling us to get our eyes off of the visible and begin to believe him for some unseen things and begin to have faith for the things we have not seen. I won't be much longer. You can stand with me. God gives us miracles for a reason. The purpose of miracles are to cause people to believe. God is trying to increase our faith to believe him for anything. He confirms his word just like he did in the book of Acts with signs following. So God is trying to call someone who is having a hard time believing to start believing. I've known people that I personally have heard speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And yet they say, I'm not sure that I received the Holy Ghost. Because they have a hard time believing in what they cannot see. Are there any believers in the house today? Here's what the Bible said. If two or three agree touching anything, it's possible. Come on, I need some believers in this house to begin to ask God. God, go ahead and release faith in this room. Jesus resurrected. The purpose of our celebrating the resurrection is because he wants you to live also. He wants you to have faith that your life can be resurrected. Can you believe although you cannot see it? This is the question that I really have for you today. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? There were some hands went up in believing, but have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That was the question in the book of Acts. I want you to understand today that everything that God has been doing is to cause us to believe unto salvation. I have to tell you what the Bible says. The scripture said you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. We have to believe this strong enough that we're willing to respond to it. What does Easter really mean? The death, the burial, and then the resurrection. What does that really mean? Let me explain it to you in the simplest of terms as I possibly can. We identify with him 
in his death, burial, and resurrection. Death is repentance. It's the changing of the mind, the heart. It is a, it is a decision to turn. The Bible said godly sorrow worketh repentance or brings about repentance in our life. Repentance is identifying with his death. Burial, Jesus was put in the tomb three days but resurrected. Burial is identified through water baptism. We go down in water and we resurrect into newness of life. Burial is baptism. And the resurrection, the Bible says if we repent and are baptized that there is a promise that belongs to us and it is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And when we come out of that water, there is a promise. You've done everything you need to do. Now all you got to do is believe that God wants to fill you with his spirit. And the Bible said that that promise is to you and your children and to all that are afar off. So we identify with his resurrection by receiving the Holy Ghost. That's the whole purpose that we're here today. Everyone in this room, if you don't know him in such a way, I implore you to not walk out the doors of this building until you have believed and you have repented and you have been baptized and you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. There's one here this morning. Danny, I'm so thankful for you today and you've got family and friends here. She has believed to the point that she says, Pastor, I want to be baptized. And we're going to baptize Danny in Jesus' name in a few minutes. Go ahead and go get ready. We're going to baptize her in just a few minutes. We have robes. There's more in this room today that should make the decision with Danny. See, you don't know where God's brought her from. You don't know what God has done in her life. You'll never reach a point that God is not able to bring you back and to turn your life around. The miracles that God has done in this church over the last few years fail in comparison to what God wants to do in our future. But everything that God has for our future is going to come by faith. Pastor, I can't see it. Can you believe him for the things that you cannot see? The church doors stand open this morning. These altars are opening today. They're going to begin to sing softly in the background. The presence of the Lord is already in this house. You're already here. We have time. Maybe there would be some in this room today that would like to say on this Easter Sunday, I'm making a decision. i got to turn my life around. I believe God wants to turn my life around. I believe God wants to change me. I believe God wants to make me new. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one's looking around this morning. Right now, God, I pray for the courage. In every person in this room, I pray, God, that your spirit gives them the courage to step from where they are and walk to the front of this room and begin to believe you, God, that you want to turn their life, that you want to change, that you want to restore, that you want to renew. Right now, while I'm praying, if you want to step from where you are, I'm making it as easy as possible. No one's staring at you. No one is looking at you. Walk to the front of this room right now. Don't wait. Come now. On the count of three. One, two, three. Walk to the front of this room right now. In Jesus' name. Walk with lifted hands. Walk with faith. Come believing. Pour your heart to him this
what we're going to do right now. Everybody in the room, no one's looking around. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. The only ones looking would be those that would still want to walk forward and join us in the front of this room. But we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. Everybody in the house, we're going to join together. I'm just going to lead you. You pray in your own way. You repent in your own way this morning. But if you're here and you don't know about prayer and you don't know how to do this, I'm just going to lead you in prayer. But don't allow this to be my prayer. Allow this to be your prayer. Repentance is when you ask God to forgive you because you're making a decision to change your life and turn things around. If you've made that decision this morning, I want you to lift your hands toward heaven and I want you just to pray a prayer that sounds something like this. God, I come before you today. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm undone without you. I'm in need of a Savior. I come this morning with a willful decision. I'm not being pressured. I'm not being pushed. But after thinking through my life, I recognize that I need you. And I need your mercy. And I need your grace. And I need your blood. And I need salvation to cover me. Lord, I need a change in my heart. I need a change in my life. And I ask you, forgive me for every sin. Lord, turn everything that I have ever done. Lord, turn it around. Don't hold it to my account. Forgive me for it, Father. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me and make me new again. Lord, give me an opportunity to start life afresh and anew. Forgive me, O oh God. I repent today. I turn my heart toward you. I turn my life toward you. Lord, everything I've thought, everything I've said, everything I've done, every wicked way, every evil thought, every evil action, every sinful word, every sinful thing that I have done, forgive me, Lord. I repent. I turn my heart to you. I give you my everything. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my all. Here I am before you open, Lord, desiring you, desiring you. Oh, if that's you, if you repented, you ought to just thank the Lord now with those hands lifted high. You ought to begin to thank him. Thank him this morning. God, thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for turning my life around. Thank you for the change that you are starting in my life today. I thank you. Oh, come on, CLC. Everybody that prayed that prayer ought to be worthy of a great big hand clap today. Let's thank the Lord. Let's lift our voice in thanksgiving unto him. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, you're not done. That's not the end. What you need to do is make the decision to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have robes and towels and everything ready. And even if you can't make the decision today, what you should do is tell somebody, I want to set up an appointment to be baptized. We'll meet you here privately or publicly. We'll baptize you this morning or we'll baptize you this afternoon or tonight or next week as soon as you possibly can. But you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. The Bible said you must be baptized. And if you would make that decision today, we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. And then his promises for the Holy Ghost. And if you've ever been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you should lift your hands right now and you should thank the Lord. Come on, they're going to sing in the background. And we're going to thank the Lord. There's some praying. There's some seeking God today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. This is your moment.
come on, the Lord is in the house today. sin of her past is washed away and you're making everything new in the name of Jesus Danny by the confession of your faith and in obedience to the word of God I baptize you in the name of Jesus and the promise of the Holy Ghost is yours come on somebody give the Lord a shout of praise Sunset's free, is free indeed. Born to the grave. 